Hello friends, you're welcome back to the Because Marriages Work podcast. It's good to have you back. Welcome back guys. Um, so in the next couple of episodes, the conversations that we will be having or the topics that we will be discussing has been shaped by the listeners. So what we did was to put out a poll asking regular listeners to suggest topics that we haven't quite covered yet that they would like us to discuss or like us to speak to. And that is what will be shaping the next couple of conversations that we would have on the podcast. On today's podcast, so we're discussing... Intimacy. So when I first saw the topic, I sort of felt that there's a way, because of the style of our podcast, very conversational. Yeah, it feels like we've we've dealt with a couple of things that relate to intimacy. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's tricky when, when we hear a couple of suggestions or get a couple of suggestions and we feel like, okay, we touched <laughs> on that. Like, I remember that there was one of the, su- one of the suggestions was um, about in-laws. Mm. You know, and I felt like we've done something that actually spoke to, you know, dealing with um, in-laws and that relationship and all that. Yeah, but... Maybe the limitation also is the fact that we don't tag the topics conventionally. Yeah. And then maybe we didn't say dealing with in-law relationships specifically. Yeah. But then we covered it under like an overarching topic like boundaries and stuff. But then, yeah, we're giving it a go, another go. (laughs) And we're speaking on intimacy today. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear the word intimacy, or the first two things, because there are two thoughts that run through my mind when I hear intimacy. So the first thing is something I heard someone say long ago. I think it was in church. You might have heard this when some 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 preacher, the context was that we're trying to speak about intimacy with God. Yeah. And in speaking about that, the person said the origin of the word can be then split into saying intimacy, right? Yeah. And... I was like, wow, that's quite profound, actually, mm. because mm. because it sort of simplifies. That's, that's just like that's <laughs> that's like saying vulnerability in mm-hmm. in the use of the word intimacy. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like intimacy, I feel like for me, if I were ever asked to sort of define intimacy, that's the thing that will come to my head first mm-hmm. of all. Mm-hmm. Like intimacy, I am letting you into my emotional world. I am giving you i'm handing you my tender places i think it's more like i'm letting you into my world i mean whether that be emotional whether that be physical whether that be intellectual mm. you know like i'm letting you into my world to so like into me see mm. everything yeah yeah so like yeah. you're open uh. right wow i know the second thing that comes to my mind because i feel like there's that line where people have misunderstood or they've replaced they use these two things interchangeably. And the two things are sex and intimacy. Right. And many people think that sex equals intimacy and intimacy equals sex. Mm. And I think in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense, it is not correct. It's, well, it's I not largely it's correct. <laughs> like, no, because... Like, I think it's not correct. Okay. Right? But I think you know what? You can, I think that you can be intimate mm. and not be engaging in sex. Mm. right and your intimacy is actually still whole you know yeah it's just that if you start to do the height or the extent of the different types of um expressions right that intimacy will involve that's like a deep end of 
the physical side of intimacy. Okay. So first of all, the 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 for research that most people that listen to the podcast know that we are Christians and our faith shapes our worldview and it shapes a lot of the things that we share on this podcast as well. But then it's also knowing that for us, the podcast, we know that the audience, the majority of our audience are married people, right? right? And many of the things that we would speak will be we will be speaking to it in the context of marriage, right? Yeah. So I I just thought to I just thought to say that on on the table right because you, you don't want trouble. <laughs> I know when when say doyan if I are then prescribing that it's okay to because well, we haven't. We haven't. Well well just so that the air is clear. Context is good. So context yes context is always good. Anyways I I sort of agree with you right but then I think for me it's also knowing that in marriage without intimacy. Sex can't be great. I feel like intimacy is that thing that tran- that moves your sex life from just okay or good to fantastic. As in, it, it moves it to the yeah. deepest levels possible. Do you understand? Yeah. And intimacy is way more than sex. And sex is just one of the arms of intimacy. Right. And just one of the expressions of intimacy. Yeah. But then when intimacy is actually done right, mm. it impacts on your sex life to no small measure. Yeah. It translates your sex life from good to great, as in literally, mm. right? And I feel like, I, I mean, I feel like I want to say how that works. Right? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> because, I mean, I would look at intimacy like um, the idea of two people being open, mm. first of all. Two people deciding to care about mm. themselves, right? Two people being vulnerable. Mm. People, Two people being plain with themselves. Mm. Two people, you know, um, who have moved even into realms of familiarity, understanding oneness on issues right mm. and so imagine that in the sex um, stage of things where this is these are two people being open mm-hmm. these are two people being vulnerable mm-hmm. um there's no need to feel anything about the state of one's body in the face of the other because in vulnerability they are 100 percent right um, the parts of my body that I feel like I don't really, my really like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can be open and vulnerable and free and familiar with you. And I don't feel like I need to hide anything. <laughs> Intimacy is best. That's I'm just coming to your hundred percent, right? Intimacy is a hundred percent when you don't have to hide anything mm. in any area that specifically requires that for strengthening mm. or for your relationship bond to mm. be heightened wow you know i 100 agree with you because but i don't want to i don't want to, I, I feel like I, there's a restriction on me to not completely go into the areas that you're already <laughs> talking about because i feel like we can then easily just make this conversation about sex as well of course and then i don't want us to <laughs> fall into that trap where it then feels like we've just said that intimacy isn't all about sex yeah. and then we then end up making the conversation all about sex right oh yeah i just <laughs> i just threw light on your no 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 absolutely absolutely <laughs> and i feel that that's something that we're going to cover in the episode on sex which is something that we're recording because that was also requested by um, one of the listeners but then i feel like for me when we come to the practicalities of it right Mm. what was intimacy what's the foundation of it what does it look like in the day-to-day what does it look like practically for the couple listening who are saying i really don't feel connected i don't feel bonded with the person i'm with what does intimacy look like for them do you understand yeah 
And if I'm to answer my own question, I think that the thing that comes to my mind is, you know, there was something you said, vulnerability, yeah. right? Exposure, right? Mm. And it's also in the fact that how do you treat my tender places? Mm. So I feel like in my head, I sort of have a cycle, the way I'm looking at it. It's sort of like it's disclosure. So disclosure of my dreams, yeah. disclosure of my hopes, disclosures of my fears, mm. disclosures of my vulnerabilities, disclosures of the things that I'm even ashamed about, right? Yeah. And then... There's that disclosure naturally should mm. then evoke a response. In evoking a response is where I feel that many people miss it. And yeah. they also miss out on a huge chance mm. to grow intimacy. And I think men sometimes, your gender, your gender... And silence is a response, actually. Silence, ignoring... And I'm just speaking because as you're saying that, I'm seeing pictures mm. of possibilities around someone's tenderness in your face. And just because you feel like you're more susceptible to be true in your communication, you stay silent. Mm. But with staying silent, you've already said something. So let's say, for example, your wife's tummy is getting a little bigger than what you knew, mm-hmm. right? Probably after pregnancy and it's not gone back. Maybe the first pregnancy it went back in three months. Second pregnancy it seems like it's staying for longer, right? And she starts to feel kind of insecure mm. knowing that a body doesn't particularly look like what you saw when you first found her, right? And she's insecure. And she's trying to get your validation day to day. Wow. And you're probably aware. But because you do not want to come off as speaking what is untrue, mm. you stay silent. You have actually defined a restriction to the level of intimacy you that you both cap. can yeah, you experience cap on it. Yeah. when it comes to physical intimacy. Wow, wow, wow. Because the insecurity hasn't been dealt with. She's going to be dealing with it. Your silence has already given and, a position and, and to And the truth son. is that you don't even need to see... Yeah, she's, not, she's not... I feel like in those moments, she's not hoping for you to tell to her tell that... Her, yes. She's not hoping for you <laughs> to tell... she knows. <laughs> she's not hoping for you to tell her because that... she knows. Her tummy is... is it's flat. It's flat. <laughs> she knows. But yeah. then it is her opening up and saying, I, I'm feeling a certain way. It's her way. feeling your acceptance Do regardless you of that. And it is you being mature enough to actually accept her like that regardless because you have the wisdom and understanding of someone that married someone that got pregnant and exactly and you understand i recognize <laughs> you the know changes what that does. <laughs> you know what that does and you recognize the changes that her body is going to go through right yeah. and i feel like it's in that moment there's a there's a golden opportunity to tap into hidden realms of intimacy mm. But mm. then you can lose it by staying silent or right. by saying nonsense. Right. And I, what, do you understand? And right. I feel. Like, you just say nonsense. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just getting passionate. <laughs> I'm getting passionate. But then I feel, I feel like that that even if you don't know what to say, mm. because you know, people there are some people that haven't been. Many people aren't used to vulnerable conversations. Yeah. And many people haven't been trained in how to respond either giving it or responding to exactly it. Yeah. so people right. don't know how to give it people mm-hmm. don't know how to respond to it right. but then in if you are the person that finds yourself at the other end of where somebody is sharing something that they are you owe them a response yeah. 
Yeah. And the response does not mean that you're bringing a solution. I, yeah. I feel like we, pe- people need to disabuse their mind from that because I think that that's another limitation. So yeah. you've, you've spoken about the first limitation that could pot- potentially happen being you don't want to be untruthful. You don't want to say something that is a lie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The second limitation that I envisage is that you are thinking of a solution. You're thinking of how you can mm, help her fix it. Right. And in that moment, she's not trying to right. get to the... She doesn't want you to... She needs acceptance. She needs reassurance. She needs reassurance. Right. So even maybe something as simple as, wow, thank you for sharing this with me. Mm. I feel like it takes the conversation on a completely different trajectory. Right, right, right. Because we think that it is in high highfalutin responses. It mm. isn't just like, wow, babe, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for for allowing me into your tender places just mm. thank you for bringing me into your world mm. and then just a hug leaning yeah. into just a hug guy in that moment can be all the reassurance that she really needs yeah and i feel like that is what we need to master when somebody opens up their fears you need to respond and you don't snap at it first of all you don't try you and don't solve it, it. And you, you don't, don't judge it, it. yeah you don't, you don't try and solve it instantly, meaning you're preferring solutions. Because in their mind, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm actually a problem. So, like, this thing has actually been a problem, but they had mm. never really been able to... Sp- there might be a later conversation in yeah. which you might be, then be able to jointly prefer solution. But that acceptance, mm. that, that reassurance, yeah. that validation will then be a great foundation to build on, even if you are both going to jointly look for a solution together. Do you understand? Yeah. But then if you do not give the assurance and you, 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 you your response is silence, your mm. response is judging, your response is shaming, you're already putting a cap to how intimate you both can be. I mean, I don't even know why my brain is working like this, but as you were speaking, I started thinking about when someone finally opens up, mm. right? Because it's not in every case, even in cases where people have been married for years, it's not in every case that you find that everyone, on, I mean, is upfront about their issues. Sometimes, before a person opens up, they've actually thought through the issue. Mm. They perused it in their head. They've thought about, do I really want to say this? Especially if it's something that makes them feel that insecurity we're talking about. It makes them feel ashamed. Or makes them feel shame. They they they've perused, they've wondered if they want to let it out. So when they finally let it out and it's met with anything that is not acceptance, that is not non-judgmental, non-critical, non-solving, what it does is that it pushes them back into the shell that they were in before they decided to come out. Mm. So imagine that picture of getting someone back into a shell that tried to come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it will be harder. And you're going to do some more, more work, work to get for them, them to come, come out. out of that shell. And just imagine somebody that is oblivious of that reality that then does it again and again. And then picture the separation they start to have without knowing mm. that it's just the game of someone trying to come out of their shell and another person not understanding how to accept them that move them from the place of closeness to separation. To withdrawal, to distance, right? Yeah. You know, as you were speaking, I want to put you on the spot a bit. This Why? is not. <laughs> this is not. This is not. As in, it was just a thought that just crossed my mind as you were speaking. Why do you think mm. that the male gender struggle so much with this disclosure, with this vulnerability that we speak about? Because. It's something that we've experienced in counseling. When people yeah. come to us for counseling, it's almost like my husband doesn't allow me 
mm. be into his world. I'm open. Yeah. I, I communicate my fears. I communicate all of the things that I, I communicate my insecurities. Yeah. But then on the flip side, I don't feel a reciprocation. Mm. I don't feel like my husband allows me into his world. Mm. And I'm getting to the point where I feel like, okay, if you, if you don't want to talk to me, maybe me too, I should start shutting up, right? right. Because, you know, we've spoken about the disclosure and the need for a response but then there's also the end of that cycle where there should be reciprocation mm. because it can't be just one person in the marriage that does all the talking yeah do you understand yeah. you also need to let that person into your own in- interior world as well right. and whilst i try not to generalize mm. i know that this thing we're speaking about is a struggle for men yeah. so I, and being a man i want you to speak to it why do you think that men struggle with vulnerability i feel that more than people would you know, willingly accept, shame is a real emotion. Mm. It is felt, right? And what happens is that if anyone has a sensing that something has the likelihood of leading them down that path, they will cringe. Mm. They would withdraw. Mm. And so imagine that the general or societal narrative for man is strength. And imagine that anything that so shows that, anything sorry, less. So they're under that societal pressure yeah. to put up a front of being and strong. I feel like it's even more than societal. Mm. It feels like it is natural. The man is head. Mm. Right? Describe it anyway. What should head look like? Mm. <laughs> How should head act? Right? So just imagine that there is a narrative let's even say genetic narrative that you don't know is mm. already existing that man has to live up, <laughs> live up there's even the worst one the alpha males right they have to live up to a certain expectation mm. and because in the lineup of emotions shame is felt if you live less than the expectation shame is what you're exposed to mm. nobody watches shame come to them and accept it. So they will run from it. They will hide from it. They will avoid it. They will. And so regardless of the intimacy, the love, the care, the truth, even in their friendship with their spouse, if something is going to put them to face that emotion, they will face it. I feel like God knew this when he said, and they were together and they were naked and they were not ashamed. Right. Do you understand? And they were right. naked and they were that. not ashamed. Right. Because yeah. the moment we allow shame mm. in the dynamic, and that becomes the prevailing emotion that, yeah. that that controls whether or not we disclose certain parts of ourselves, mm. we are already putting division in our marital union. You know, I just thought about something. How the same way they were naked and not ashamed, the same way, if you consider the idea of even having a spouse in the first place, why was a woman given? Right? Mm-hmm. If the man was expected to do life alone, mm. then a woman wouldn't have been given. Mm. Right? And the woman was given because you are not expected to do life alone. So the idea is that you are supposed to be able to submit to that yeah. help that you have. And how do you submit to help without the help knowing what to help with? Mm. And so, if vulnerability is out of the picture, how do they even help? Yeah. Like, how right. do you even grow do you get, as a couple? How do they even help? I'm just thinking in my mind, like, right, it's one of the things that we sort of pride ourselves in on this podcast is that we try and make sure that it's as practical as possible. Yeah. Are there things 
that I have done in the past that has helped you be open and vulnerable? And on the flip side of that question as well, mm. is that are there things that I have done in the past that almost wanted you to go back into your shell? Do you mind sharing? Wow, this is so, so on the spot. Right. I think in the first place, we probably would have been married if I felt like I wouldn't be able to express vulnerability. Mm. Right. Um, because I think that was one of the main things I struggled with. As early a person. On, as a person. Okay. And so if I found that I couldn't be myself with a person, we won't be together. I don't have many friends. And that's because when I'm in a friendship, I'm as true as true can be. I don't know how to deceive. I don't know how to act like we are in love, but we are not. Mm. Right? And so if we are not, we will know we are not. So in the first place, if I didn't feel like I could be safe with you, in which case, it's not particularly about one thing you did or said. It's actually about what you embodied as a person. Right? It was easy to be me and not feel any judgment, mm. you know, not feel any criticism. Wow. And it felt like every time we even spoke then about things that would be very touchy to a man, things like, where are you headed in life? What are you doing with your life? What are you becoming? And all those things, you know, we were having the conversation as friends, mm. not like someone was, you Interrogate. know, inter interrogating or, you know, placing me in an interview, which, of course, some people might have done with their spouse or maybe a potential spouse without knowing that that's what was going on. I mean, I know there are people that actually go all out to interrogate people because they've experienced some failure in, in person, yeah. right? Yeah. But my point was, we probably wouldn't even have been married if that wasn't something that was in place. Mm -hmm. Now, to being married, in what ways have I withdrawn to a shell anytime? I feel... Like there have been times when maybe there are things I need to figure out as a person. Like, oh, I need to grow in this area. And so maybe that might require learning something. That might require gaining a new certification somewhere. That might require getting a new association. And I am disposed to delaying the process that makes that happen. I feel that there are times when you might question something that I have said I was going to do. Mm. <laughs> when I've not done it, and then maybe you'll be like the third questioning. And at those times, I'm wondering, uh, I don't want a fourth question. So it's more like I'm trying to protect myself, right? But again, I'm reminded that the reason I'm together with this person is because I trust our heart, right? And it brings me back that, you know what? She can't want anything but the good of us. But it doesn't just bring you back. You call it out sometimes. Now that you're saying it, you're like, babe, okay, your tone, I think. Yeah, so when I'm calling it out, right, mm. what you need to know is that when I'm calling something out, I'm calling it out because it's okay. Mm. That's why when I call something out and you're trying to make it look like it's bad, I tell you the reason we're talking about this thing is because there's no problem. <laughs> when there's a problem, we won't be talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm happy that there are things that you might think are bad, but we can talk about it. Mm. And the reason we're talking about it is because there's no problem. Mm. That's the offshoot of me knowing inside that you have my good at heart. Mm. Wow, wow. 
I, I didn't see the, I didn't see this part of the conversation. <laughs> I, did, I definitely didn't see this part of the conversation coming, but I'm really grateful that I asked you I asked you that question and that you um, answered it. And you know, <clears throat> I feel like when you were speaking, there was something that just crossed my mind and it's like for somebody listening who has struggled who has struggled with their husband mm. being maybe just asking them and are saying how do I make you feel when yeah. you share certain parts of like as in like just Making them just realize, like, you know what, make it sit. Are there mm. any limitations? You know, as you're saying that, I even thought of the question Are you able to share the deepest parts of you with me? Are you able to share everything? Mm. Like, is it easy? Do Why I make, make it, it easy? easy? Thank you. <laughs> you know, I know this thing in psychology that you actually think while talking, mm. right? And that just happened. You know, do I make it easy for you to be yourself? Mm. In every area, wow. do I make it easy for you to be yourself, mm. right? Because that might be in the different areas of, you know, where intimacy is built or established in, in the emotional areas, in physical areas, in intelligent, I mean, in intellectual areas, right? Spiritual areas, you know, everywhere that your relationship requires connection, requires communication, requires a bond, requires openness, right? Do I make it easy for you? to be yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel it's easy for people to even know that that question is critical based on their level of difference in their personality, their level of difference in their personality. Like if you find that you guys are different largely, then it suggests already that there might be areas where one person finds it tougher to be themselves. Yeah, yeah. I you know th- as in like this is so beautiful because this is but a fragment of the conversation that we were hoping to have. And I feel like we've touched on a lot already. And if this is properly harnessed, you will find that intimacy grows and love deepens. Right, right. You know, the other thing that I was hoping that we would speak to or would speak about is also the fact that I think we said this in one of our previous podcasts is in my head, it's sort of become the student of your spouse. Mm. You know, the questioning that we were just talking about, the curiosity, about, yeah. right? Yeah, the right. questioning that we were just talking about mm. is that curiosity as well. Mm. So you mm. need to become the student of your spouse. Mm. Because when you increase your knowledge and understanding of each other, there is no <laughs> way. Know, intimacy is an offshoot. <laughs> Intimacy is an offshoot of that. Yeah. When you increase your knowledge and understanding of each other, intimacy is a natural offshoot of mm. that. You know, I just thought, I just thought of the question, do I still rock your world? Okay. And Come on now. You know, the problem with that is that, except you're not looking for a true response, the other person cannot lie. Mm. Why do I say that? Do I still rock your world? Say yes. And I'll say, show me. <laughs> because at that point, you can't deceive yourself if mm. I don't. My point is, it is actually possible to know where we are. More like, there's no determinant. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, that probably tells us by visibility that this is where we are. Everything that tells us where we are is felt right it's how we feel like we feel we are this way you can actually be very good and you know Mm. you guys will not be talking a lot because maybe a lot is going on and you know one is really busy and the other is supposed to understand but you can be like that and that's because you are not great Mm. that's because you guys are getting distant Mm. you know but if you call out those questions 
once and again, it's the check that you might need to come back to balance. Wow. Wow. Because if you find that it is tough for I'm you to, to respond to that question, do I have to rock your world? You better say yes. <laughs> my world is rocking. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, if you come to that question often, it gives you the ability to come back to balance often. Mm. But you know that it's also people are afraid to ask some of these questions because they are afraid of what the response. So you know why be. they are afraid? Yeah. Because the balance is already off. Mm. At a level of misalignment, you would fear. Mm. You already know that your reality and your ideal do not match. Is why you can't approach it. Mm. What? We need to get a bell for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! I, I, as in, like we've gone on a a really deep tangent. Real tangent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back to the practicalities in terms of how to right. build intimacy. I mean, the first thing that we've spoken about is the disclosure, the response, the reciprocation. Mm. And mm. then we've also spoken about curiosity, becoming a student of your spouse again, right? Mm. And I think just dating your spouse again is yeah. another thing that can build intimacy. Yeah. Gain new experiences. Mm. Like mm. gaining mm. new experiences mm. together. It, it, like it opens up new pathways in your brains like yeah. it just opens up yeah. new channels yeah i like the i like the opening up new pathways like you that you said because part of what stifles intimacy is the comfort we get into from familiarity mm. when we start to know when we start to know when we start to know we get comfortable with what we've known mm. it becomes like a free flow relationship or everything is now automated. Like, I know what my spouse will do. Mm. I know that she's going to welcome me at the door when I return. I know that we're going to have sex on Wednesday. I know that, you know, like, you have an automated view of your relationship. And so it starts to reduce the anticipations mm. that you should have that heighten curiosity and brings in or builds the intimacy. So those new routines have a chance of creating new wirings that create new... Fondness. Um, fondness, new anticipation. Um, anticipation, new excitement, and of course, better intimacy. Mm. So, I mean, I try to express the psychology of it, but that's, you know, kind of like the picture that came to mind. Yeah. And then this one, coming from Sister Doreen, you need to take this seriously. Flirt with each other. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the, uh, the ease of flirting with your spouse is actually proof of your intimacy. Mm. Because flirting with anyone at all has some sensory anticipation. Mm. There's a way flirting makes you feel mm. that makes you do it. Mm. I mean, for anybody that's ever flirted before in their life, some people don't even know how to flirt. <laughs> <laughs> but for anyone that's ever flirted in their if life, you need to learn. Come on, Melvin has a master don't class. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> you know, but, but for anyone, right, that ever does that, there's some sensory anticipation that it creates. It's just like, of course, it's just the, it's just anticipation is anticipation. There's no other way to explain it. Mm. <laughs> so imagine if you're doing it with your spouse, you're actually anticipating. Right? And that what that anticipation does, imagine that all the chemicals being released suggest pleasure. that some pleasure is coming. Yeah. Now, the, the release of chemicals is not the pleasure. The pleasure is the anticipation. Mm. So the reason you continue is because of the pleasure you anticipate. Mm. 
So if you are not in that state or you find it hard to get in that state, you need to rekindle what you have. Yeah. Because it just suggests that that anticipation is dead end already. Mm. When you do it with someone new, it's because you don't know what to expect. That's why anticipation is happening. Mm. When you do it with someone old, it's because you know what to expect. You are no more anticipating it. Mm. Right? So, creates possibilities for anticipation yeah. to occur. Yeah. Flirting will be easier. Yeah, flirting should be, it should become a natural part of your interactions. Mm. And it doesn't, it should be spontaneous. It should be playful. And I think that that's one thing that when you get married, you forget to play. Well, there are some people that don't even know how to play in the first place. Like, yeah. they're serious. So, <laughs> they should learn you know, how to I play. started serious, guys. I started serious. Like, my life was serious. For people that knew me back in the day, my life was serious. But I think that it's unfair to the other person when all you accept is order. Mm. There's no time to losing up. <laughs> because <laughs> if you have a spouse that is orderly like you, then that's okay. Because you both will be doing it and you tire yourselves out with it. But if you have a spouse that wants to loosen up from time to time, wants to be expressive from time to time, and all you do is show order, things must go in a certain way, you know, it's not time to play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I have my tie knotted, I don't want it roughened. When I have my shirt in my pants, I don't want it out. Are you speaking for some personal experience? <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that's how I was. Mm. Once I was dressed, I'm dressed. Mm. You can't play around me when I'm dressed. Because I want to look the way I look till the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there's no playing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, guys, I feel like at this point, if we, if we drop the mic at this point, it's certainly a really, really good place to drop the mic, right? I mean, I think in previous episodes, we've also spoken about how praying together is a good thing that builds spiritual intimacy. Yeah. Because in that place of praying together, it's also the vulnerability of hearing what's on the person's you know, heart. That's, that's, that's a big one. Like, when you pray together, it's, oh my God. Like, imagine that we even pray sometimes as though it's secret. Mm. Right? And so, imagine praying together and you're not praying silently. And I'm hearing your prayer and <laughs> When we pray together sometimes, I say something and I hear you echo it in uh, your own prayer. Yeah, yeah. And of course, what it does in my head is let me know that you're actually picking what I'm praying or you're listening yeah. to what I'm praying. But my point is, Imagine not being able to do that because you have not been able to build the level of intimacy you should build in that area. Mm. You can't have that kind of union because that's a place you are not opening. Mm. If you want, you want to pray about a specific area that you feel you need the help of God in, you, you're not open enough to do that with your spouse because the vulnerability you need there, the openness you need there, you know, the freedom you need there, the non-judgmental what's the word interaction you need there you can't experience it wow and so you withdraw from that kind of engagement and i feel like even for us studying the bible together mm. has also been a place of great yeah and, and talking about <laughs> lessons I'm talking right? about yeah i'm talking about things where oh i'm questioning this thought what what mm. are your thoughts mm. right and i feel like that's some that's some place where some people intellectually You'll find that there's there's some degree of even intellectual shame in marriage where yeah, you don't feel like you feel you... like your views are are always subpar. Mm. You know, maybe you consider that either your 
wife is more intelligent than you are or you are more intelligent than your wife or she thinks you are more intelligent or the husband is more intelligent than, than she is and all of that. And I feel that what it, what does intimacy look like there is the acceptance. You've married yourselves anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, at best, what you can do is find ways to, yeah, frame the areas you want to you improve in and do it together. I agree. I right? agree. The bond you even create from doing things together serves you a lot more mm. than judging your spouse. Wow, that's that's really I feel like acceptance is the bedrock here. Mm. Like for real intimacy to thrive, you must give your spouse that gift of acceptance. I think right. acceptance right. is the bedrock right. here. And we for like for those that thrive in summaries, we've spoken a lot on the subject of intimacy. Mm. We've said how that intimacy is actually the thing that moves sex, which many people think is intimacy. Intimacy is the thing that moves sex from good to great. Right. Sex is just one of the arms of intimacy. And mm. that's why you haven't heard mm. us speak about sex extensively on this podcast. We plan to speak on, on sex on the subsequent episode. Yeah. And But then it is also the fact that realizing that it is about opening up your world for the other person to step into. Mm. And it requires effort. It requires intention. Mm. It requires creating avenues for these interactions to happen, yeah. right? Creating avenues for these kind of things to happen, for these engagements and for these interactions to mm, happen as mm. well. And for me, it is a non-negotiable really because it is the bedrock. Mm. It is what, it is the hallmark of naked and not ashamed. Right. That right. is what it is, right? right. It requires communication. Mm. It requires compromise sometimes. Mm. It requires commitment. And it would it would deepen your friendship. We hope with these few points of ours, we've been able to convince you and not to confuse you as to how intimacy is grown and as to the importance of intimacy in your relationship and in your marriage. Till next time, remember, marriages work and the marriages that work are worked at. We're rooting for you.